Welcome back in to the Chris Mathis Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Mathis, who let the dogs out as uh, glad to have you guys tuned in. Big time news, all of you Georgia Bulldog fans. Finally got yourselves a natty on Monday. Big time win, 33-18 over Alabama. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was busy getting an interview with Corey Crouch, digital creator, for Talk To Him Tuesday, so I missed the entire first half. So, Spence, I'm going to have you come in and and talk about the first half because I know Alabama was up 9-6 at halftime. Yeah, so the score was 6-9 at halftime, one of the best numbers in the world. We all love to see it. Uh, Alabama missed a field goal early in the third quarter after that 9-6 halftime. A very slow start. Pretty boring game, honestly. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, the Georgia linebacker, is very good. He kept them in this game. Alabama's offense just didn't seem to get anything going the entire night. Receivers were falling down on plays that should have been first downs. And Georgia got the benefit of, of the doubt on most plays. I mean, a lot of things went their way in this game. But then in the very end, Stetson Bennett came in and on his final four passes went four for four, 83 yards and two touchdowns with two major dimes, one on a free play and one on another uh, 30-yard bomb down the field. And he absolutely killed it in this game. Uh, probably his last ever football game in his career. And today he was spotted at a Athens Canes getting ready for his next job opportunity. Uh, he was serving customers and that's probably what he'll be doing five years from now. But, man, he won a national championship, and he dominated. Yeah, no doubt the guy uh, has really lived a Cinderella story since he got to UGA and had a fantastic game again. Uh, they say he's listed at 180 or 190, something like that. He probably is pushing 175, but either way, big-time win, and he'll forever yeah. go down in the history books and, there at UGA. And we had uh, Kevin James playing Sean Payton in the next movie, and apparently – Michael Sarah from Superbad is going to be playing Stetson <laughs> Bennett in the Georgia Bulldogs championship movie, so that's going to be great. They look very similar, uh, probably similar skill sets, but in that national championship, Stetson Bennett was injected with something at halftime, maybe the uh, super soldier serum that they injected Captain America with, and he dominated. Yeah, no doubt. Again, uh, what a game for Stetson Bennett, who lived really a Cinderella story. Uh, knew from, I believe he was age three, he told his dad, I'm going to play quarterback for the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, ended up going to high school, under-recruited, uh, undersized, of course. Played Juco ball, then UGA wanted him. Kirby Smart said, hey, we want you to come to UGA. Kirby Smart, yeah. Kirby Smart said, hey, we're going to get rid of Justin Fields yeah. uh, for absolutely no reason. And then we're going to sign uh, Stetson Bennett. I mean, they could have won a national championship, honestly, two years ago if they would have chose Justin Fields over Jake Fromm, but they didn't. And then they finally won a championship with Stetson Bennett, so it all worked out in the end. Yeah, no doubt. And awesome stuff there for Stetson Bennett. All of the uh, Georgia, Bull- uh, Georgia Bulldog fans, too, all excited. And uh, you guys definitely, I hate to say it, but you earned that one. I'm not a big Bulldog fan. I kind of was on the fence about either team. I could care less who won. I wanted to see Nick Saban maybe get another one, even though I don't like the guy. He's a great coach, and I think that he showed that after the game. He talked with his former assistant, Kirby Smart, at midfield and congratulated him, even though his team just got walloped by the Georgia Bulldogs. He was still a pretty respectable stand-up guy and loved what I saw from Nick Saban, uh, post-game presser with his quarterback and uh, one of his offensive weapons, too. And uh, before his players got up from the booth, or yeah, from the interview, he basically said, hey, these two yeah, guys right that. here. That was cool. Yeah. That was really and cool. And Georgia fans were ecstatic on that pick six. I mean, one guy was so happy he fell eight stories down and shattered some glass, fell right onto another guy. Somehow there were no injuries. Probably the stadium wanting him to say that so they don't get sued. But, yeah, I mean, it was a good game for Georgia. Nice nice job by Bryce Young to spot them six extra points in the end and uh, make it look like more of a blowout than it was. I mean, first and ten from midfield, Bryce Young tries to throw deep. Second and ten tries to throw deep. Third down after two incompletions, throws it into triple coverage, and the game's over. I mean, just bad decision-making from him. And he came into the game, everyone was talking about how calm, cool, and collected he was under pressure. But then whenever you see him under pressure, he just absolutely sold the bag and they lost. But Nick Saban, as you said, after the game, had some nice words for him and the uh, their linebacker. Oh, okay, yeah, linebacker. Yeah. That made the – yeah, okay, yeah. got you. Uh, but what's weird is that he did play good under pressure a couple weeks back in the SEC championship against Georgia. This time Georgia was just more hungry for it. And I also found it weird before the game that Alabama football players were saying, hey, we're underdogs. I'm like, oh, yeah. are you really? I mean, the most five-star recruits every single year. Yeah, I mean, they literally they, they head every single draft class with at least five first-rounders, and they work out in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, they really do. So, yeah. uh, unless with, you're a quarterback, yeah, quarter uh, Mac Jones, you got a shot. Um, Tua, nah. 
Not so much. But anyways, uh, awesome game nonetheless, whether you're a Dogs fan or uh, a hater of the Alabama Crimson Tide. What a game, uh, which transitioned to, uh, transitions us into our Player of the Week. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty simple. I think all the Dog fans would agree with me. Stetson Bennett is my Player of the Week. He went uh, 17 of 26, 224 yards, two pass touchdowns, not a single turnover. Uh, as uh, He did have one. Oh, that's fumble. right. Yeah, he did fumble. Yep. And it was a questionable call based upon what had happened earlier in the well, game with Bryce Young. I mean, Young. I can see why Georgia fans wouldn't like the call, but Bryce Young did have control of the ball whenever he lost it. But, I mean, the ball was literally sideways in Bennett's hand. I just think that the recovery really was the questionable part because it looked like part of his foot was out of bounds when he recovered the football. And in the NFL, that would not have been a fumble recovery. So that may be why people were so upset with the call. Yeah, and I didn't even think that it was... Uh, I thought that the ball went out of bounds anyway, so they yeah. were reviewing it. I was like, man, Even what the guy reviewing? that recovered it looked like he didn't think that it was a fumble. Yeah. Well, anyway, Stetson Bennett, my player of the week for good reason, too, as the Georgia Bulldogs avenged their SEC title loss to Alabama from a few weeks ago as they won the game that mattered the most as the Georgia Bulldogs prevailed over Alabama. The final scored 33-18 on Monday night. Stetson Bennett getting some recognition right here on the Chris Mathis podcast. Probably the last time we will ever mention his name unless he gets drafted. We'll shout him out then because he proved you wrong. But Spence, talk about your player of the week and why. Well, my player of the week is Trevor Lawrence. He was down there in Clown Town on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts, and they absolutely dismantled the Colts. I mean, no one expected it except for me, of course. And the Jaguars won and knocked the Colts out of the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence went 23 of 32 for 233 and two touchdowns. I mean, his best game of the season, one play, a bad snap over his head. He catches it, runs backward 10 yards, and throws an absolute dot Uh, to his receiver in the end zone for a touchdown and that was basically the end of the game that was a nail in the coffin for the Colts and somehow they didn't make the playoffs which is insane with the offense that they had this year with Jonathan Taylor absolutely carrying I mean I just don't see how they couldn't make the playoffs this year I guess it's got to all come down to Carson Wentz but the uh, the Jaguars won in clown town with their fans dressed in clown uniforms uh, by a lot so a great game for Trevor Lawrence's best of the season Trevor Lawrence uh, definitely earned it, which brings us to our Am I Wrong segment. Skipped over that for a moment. Uh, No, I was not wrong as the Seattle Seahawks prevailed over Arizona and Arizona over the weekend. That was a pretty good game. Uh, It wasn't necessarily the prettiest game for Seattle, but Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson can ride off into the sunset one last time together. Uh, They're relationship is probably done for their relationship and time spent in Seattle is done for I'm calling it now both of those guys are out of Seattle I think Pete Carroll goes off retires I don't think he gets another shot he's uh, in his 70s and Russell Wilson he just needs a fresh start he really does and I think that uh, he'll get one elsewhere good free agent market uh, and he's got a lot of opportunity this year with a couple of quarterbacks that didn't really pan out for teams in their first year with uh, the organizations or They're kind of bailing on their rookie quarterback draft pick from a few years ago. But Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll won one last time as they beat uh, the Arizona Cardinals in a shocker. It was my hot take last week. And Spencer's hot take was so hot, I think that he was the only guy in the nation to get that prediction right. And talk a little bit more about your hot take. If you were wrong, obviously not. I've hinted at it a few times. But uh, talk a little bit more about your hot take and what you saw on Sunday. Well, I'm not wrong most of the time anyway. So this one, of course, I was correct on. I wish I would have placed money on this game because the Jaguars, like I said a minute ago, when I picked Trevor Lawrence as my rookie of the week, they absolutely dismantled uh, They dismantled the Colts, knocked them out of the playoffs. The Colts somehow lost their last two games of the season to the Raiders and then the Jaguars. Uh, just sad to not see them in the playoffs, honestly. I would much rather see them than Pittsburgh or a team like that. But the Jaguars won, and my hot take was correct. I know that uh, you guys love to listen to the hot takes each and every week. I would say we're probably 50-50 on them at the end of the season. We'll wrap things up and talk about our overall record with hot takes and game picks. Once the football season is over, we'll bring kind of a maybe a congratulatory show regarding what we got wrong and what we got right and the hot takes we picked and the biggest hot take of the season for us right here on the podcast. But uh, that brings us into... A little bit of talk about our hot take this week. You guys want to stay tuned in for that hot take. We're going to save it for last because uh, 
we have a pretty good feeling, or I have a pretty good feeling, as to what Spencer's hot take might be. We'll unveil that here near the end of the show. But uh, talking about our Rookie of the Week, there's a lot of great options this week. And I, I kind of looked up and down the list, and this year in the NFL, it's really been the same five or six guys. You look at Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. uh, Micah Parsons, uh, who are a couple of... Uh, there's a few other receivers. Uh, the receiver for the Detroit Lions has got his name Mac out there. Jones. Uh, Mac Jones, of course, has got his name out there a few times. Zach Wilson but, somehow won it. Yeah, he did. He did. And then also Williams, the running back for the Broncos, yeah. was in there a few Williams. times. He's very good. But uh, this week, I, I'm going to... Go back to a guy that I've already picked this year uh, as my Rookie of the Week. This guy earned it once more. Houston Texan quarterback Davis Mills, my Rookie of the Week. He finished out his rookie season with a star-studded performance, 301 passing yards, three passing touchdowns in his last game, no turnovers. Uh, He finishes his rookie campaign playing in 13 games, over 2,600 passing yards with what, Brandon Cooks? Mm -hmm. Not bad. They've got a, a real carousel of... Lack of talent, of coaching staff there with the Houston Texans. And I think that Davis Mills has come in and done a great job. Uh, former GAC high school standout quarterback has really been balling out for the Houston Texans. He finishes the year 16 pass touchdowns, 10 picks. But you hear that ratio, okay, not so hot. But when you think about it, the last five games, this guy has thrown nine pass touchdowns to just two interceptions yeah. and has really had a solid QBR, probably anywhere from 20 23 out of 33, 35 over his last five weeks, each individual game. So the guy has been balling out with little to no talent around him. Uh, a coach that they obviously did not believe in there in Houston. Uh, David Coley was his name, and uh, he got let go earlier this week. Last head coach as of the recording of this show to get fired, get canned here um, with this NFL football season. But Davis Mills, my rookie of the week, and this guy arguably – has outperformed every rookie quarterback in the NFL except Mac Jones. Mac Jones may be the exception, but as of late, Davis Mills mm-hmm. has been better, and uh, Mac Jones obviously kind of uh, kept on a leash, if you will, with Bill Belichick and the Patriots offense trying to limit any potential turnovers or miscues with Mac Jones. But Davis Mills, have yourself a day. Once again, the Rookie of the Week for here uh, for me right here on the Chris Mathis Podcast and uh, brings us into Spencer's Rookie of the Week. Well, I want to elaborate more on the Davis Mills pick. I mean, it's obvious that his biggest strength is his neck, and apparently over the last five weeks, he's been doing a lot more shoulder shrugs. His neck has gotten much stronger. You can see more veins in his neck, and I think that really helped him uh, down the stretch of the season. Danny Amendola, the five foot ten receiver that used to play for Tom Brady, absolutely dominated this week, 87 yards and two touchdowns. Big game for him. But my player of the week, because I got these switched up, my player of the week, because I already did rookie of the week, is the Raiders defensive end Max Crosby. He had two sacks, uh, three pass deflections, and he basically just terrorized Justin Herbert all game. Got him to fourth down like 18 times in this game, yeah. but the Chargers converted almost every single one of them when they needed to. And then eventually we all saw what happened at the end, but we'll all elaborate a little bit more on that later in the show. But Max Crosby with two X's in his name, the reason that he has two X's in his name, Max, is because whenever he came out of the womb, his mother saw how big he was and added an extra X to his name. So Max Crosby with two X's, a very big guy, a stud, uh, recovered just exactly like Darren Waller, that he had an addiction problem as well. Uh, and he recovered from that. Now he's a stud for the Raiders. So... I mean, if, if you're a drug addict or an alcoholic, head over to the Las Vegas Raiders. If you have any football talent, they'll get you ready. Yeah, well, like, except for one guy. Yeah, uh, I kind of said two guys. Yeah. Uh, the defensive back recently that got in <laughs> trouble with the DUI as well. But, um, you know, I, I read up on a story about Darren Waller. I actually watched a post-practice interview with Waller who missed a lot of playing time since Thanksgiving, talking about a guy that had some issues with addiction and whatnot. NFL star-studded tight end. He was with the Baltimore Ravens to start off his career. Couldn't get over the alcoholism Mm -hmm. and uh, was cut but had raw talent. Went to the Raiders, took over, really showed out, and then was balling out the first three or four weeks this year. Got hurt just before Thanksgiving. Missed a lot of playing time, and he said that – you know, he had a tough time trying to battle and keep his mind 
yeah. away from the addiction and the alcohol because uh, you can't really help it. Obviously, he is. He's doing a good job. He said that he stayed in the, the playbook and mm-hmm. uh, took advantage of showing up to practice. But that's crazy that even these athletes that we – well, we see it in AB all the time and guys like that. But even these athletes that seem to be going about their business, handling their stuff on the field, at practice, on the sidelines, they go through a lot off the field as well. And Joe Mancuso and I talked about that a few weeks ago on Talk to Him Tuesday, and he plugged mental health and how important that is. But uh, – Obviously, Darren Waller, phenomenal player. He's not our Stooge of the Week. When I say our Stooge of the Week, it's really your Stooge of the Week, mm-hmm. and I kind of go along with it, except uh, I guess a few weeks ago I had an option. We had two different picks. But, Spence, I mean, we got to insert the clown noise, the clown effects mm-hmm. right now. Who is our Stooge of the Week? And uh, elaborate as to why, because I can't recall one Stooge uh, off the top of my head from this week. Well, the Stooge of the Week this week is Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. Ooh. The two teams could have tied and made the playoffs. It's third down. It's second down. The Raiders run it for a gain of five. It ends up being third and four. 30 seconds left. The Raiders are showing no urgency at midfield to get to the line. And then the Chargers head coach calls a timeout. And the Raiders run for a first down right after that. The reason he said he called the timeout is because he wanted to get his run defense on the field for that play. And they got gashed by Josh Jacobs for a 15-yard gain on that third down and then moved the Raiders into field goal range. But I really do think the Raiders were playing for a tie so both teams could make the playoffs. In that scenario, we wouldn't have to watch Big Ben in the playoffs. But instead, Staley calls a timeout for absolutely no reason, and it costs the Chargers a playoff appearance this year. Yeah, we're unfortunately going to have to watch Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs. That guy has, uh, I can't even say it's a noodle arm. I don't even think there's – I mean, this guy can't yeah. put any anything under a ball. He can't muster any power underneath the ball. Well, uh, he, does, he plays at Heinz Field, so you can't expect him to be able to muster it anything. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that would uh, that would probably affect their partnership there with Heinz. But, yeah. um, you know, one thing that I, that I do like about the Steelers is T.J. Watt is an absolute animal. He missed two games this year and tied the all-time record. He for, should have broke it, too. They re- the, NFL, the NFL stat keepers really did – hurt him I mean he touched he touched the quarterback that fell and they didn't even count it as a half a sack and it was a loss of five on the play I don't understand how that happened so he should have broke the record well he finishes the regular season with 22 and a half sacks which is stellar and uh I don't know how the guy does it but he could be a, a true x factor against the Chiefs not saying that they will win this game but I mean if this guy gets three sacks somehow yeah. does what Tampa Bay did to Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl back in February, 11 months ago, uh, you know, there's a, there's actually a shot as long as Big Ben can maybe put up 21 points, mm-hmm. 28 points probably with how powerful the Chiefs' offense is. But I don't know. I'm not going to say they're completely out of this game. Transitioning now to the Big Three, this segment brought to you by Information On Demand. Information On Demand pre-employment screening services offering fast, accurate, and affordable background screening services. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, E-Verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, they've got you covered. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will be able to get you the information you need in eight hours or less. That's right, just eight hours or less. Information on demand. Again, fast, accurate, and affordable just like the big three, fast, accurate, and affordable pre-employment background screening services. Give them a call today, 855-914-4636. That's 855-914-4636 or visit informationondemand.net. Bringing you guys the big three each and every week right here on TCM Pod. Yeah, and EDP, if you are listening, EDP 445, reach out to that company and maybe get your life back together. EDP. Uh, not sure who that is, but mm-hmm. um, anyways, moving on now with uh, our big three. Patriots will take on the Bills this week for the third time this year. They're split one and one. The first time we saw these two teams go out ahead to head, the Patriots squeaked one out. Mac Jones threw three complete or three pass attempts yeah. in this win. It was a very snowy, wet, windy day at Gillette Stadium. The Patriots won fourteen to ten, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That first matchup. Then a few weeks later, the Bills absolutely murder Mac Jones. I think they win 33-14 or 17, something along that line. So when you think about it, the Patriots have been beaten both times, or not both times, but have been beaten badly when they played against the Bills. The Bills had 
tough look with the uh, weather at Gillette Stadium the first time around. So, with that being said, who comes into this game as the underdog? It's a split. Buffalo Bills are the home team. That's kind of the coin toss here. Bills are a three-and-a-half-point favorite here at home on Saturday night football kickoff at 8-15 this Saturday. I don't know. I, I still like the potential of the Bills, but again, you're taking on Bill Belichick. Mm, I don't know. You got any, Before we make our picks here, Spence, you have any more analysis regarding this game? Well, the weather in Buffalo on Saturday night is supposed to be sub-10-degree temperatures, so... I'm not liking Mac Jones' chances in this one. He was wearing a, uh, not a scuba suit. Yeah. Okay. He wore a scuba suit the first time and did okay. Eh, not really. Three pass attempts. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't on him. I don't know. It's obvious that he, I guess they don't trust his arm strength to dice through the wind. So it's going to be a lot of running. Maybe their only opportunity is if Buffalo comes into that game like they did in the first matchup and just doesn't expect the Patriots to run. I mean, that's the only way that they're going to win this game uh, is if they can run all over the Bills' defense. But the Bills' secondary is top-notch, top five in the league. So if Mac Jones is forced to pass late in the game, I expect the Bills to win this one. Bills 11-6, and six, Patriots 10-7. and seven. This is the one game I would say that you – well, this one and then the 49ers and uh, Rams? No, 49ers and uh, Dallas. That's the other game that you need to watch. Those two games are must-watches for mm-hmm. any football fan. Uh, again, the Bills play the Patriots at home this Saturday, 8-15 kickoff. Do not miss it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Josh Allen dominates. He needs to. He needs to carry this team because this team is very dangerous. Once they get in the playoffs, I feel like this roster, besides the rushing attack, which will eventually catch up to them uh, before it's all said and done this year, they have one of the worst ground-and-pound offenses in the league other than Josh Allen. He's really there. I think he might be their leading rusher this year. Josh Allen has to ball out in all phases, taking care of the football, uh, throwing down the field, trying to find Stephon Diggs. Of course, his tight end is solid as well, and he has to run the ball too. So I think that the Buffalo Bills win this game. Give me 24-18. Buffalo Bills prevail over the New England Patriots on Saturday in the first big game of the playoffs here in the NFL. Yeah, I've got Bills by 10-plus in this game. I just don't think the Patriots are going to be able to keep up with the uh, Bills passing attack. And last year, the Buccaneers were one of the worst teams running the football heading into the playoffs and ended up averaging like 100 yards a game every single playoff game with Leonard Fournette. So maybe Devin Singletary can pick it up in the playoffs like Fournette did last year and uh, help the Bills out. I don't know. I mean, at least Fournette was trying to prove something, and they had a good offensive line. I guess the Buffalo Bills do. No, they actually don't have a great offensive line. It's a little bit of everything. If you watch Josh Allen, he's trying to get out of the pocket quick and take off with the football. And mm-hmm. He's had some big games running the football. He needs to do so this week as well in order for the Bills to pick up a playoff victory over the New England Patriots. Item number two on our big three spends, San Francisco 49ers at the Dallas Cowboys. Again, another coin toss. The home team has the advantage of a three-point spread Roughly three or four hours ago, it was three and a half points. So something there uh, changed the minds of Vegas, as now they say it's a three-point favorite for the Dallas Cowboys over the San Francisco 49ers. I think it comes down to which Dak Prescott we get in this game. Are we getting a primed Dak Prescott that we saw for most of last season before his injury, or are we getting a Dak Prescott we see every other week in the NFL this year? If Dak Prescott plays up to his capability or what everybody said. And again, they say that Dallas has so many superstars. They do have some great talent, don't get me wrong. But if Ezekiel Elliott is in on is on any other team in the NFL, well, not any, but 25 other teams in the NFL, uh, he is not a superstar by any means. Uh, a few weeks back, he had 14 yards rushing. So I don't know. I think that Dallas has to play peak football. They have to play their best. I know San Francisco is getting back some key players from injury. And I would like to see Jimmy G prove me wrong and show that he can show up in a big-time game. And I hope the 49ers win because I think down the road, I'd rather play the 49ers than the Dallas Cowboys if I'm Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, uh, we already saw them play against Dallas earlier in the year. Week one, we squeaked out a victory. uh, But I don't know. I don't want to see them again. Well, Jimmy G basically had a great 
game at the end of the game uh, this week against the Rams. He, he, he helped them win this game. I mean, in the fourth quarter, they needed a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They got it, went to overtime, and ended up winning the game. Debo Samuel with another big performance. So I think the 49ers have a chance, but I'm going to have to stick with the home team here. I think the Cowboys are going to win at AT&T Stadium over the 49ers by a good amount, honestly, because of Micah Parsons. Uh, Trayvon Diggs somehow going to get an interception even after he gets burnt for 150 yards. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Cowboys, though, in this game. So that's our show. Before we move on, I need to make my pick. I'm going to go 49ers. I'm going to go 49ers win this football game. And I'll bet you double up or nothing that money that you owed me from a few weeks ago. Okay. here on the podcast. Again, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. As you can see, scrolling right there on the bottom of the screen, if you're tuned in on Spotify or YouTube, you can see this video, TCM underscore pod. TCM underscore pod is the place for you guys to check out. Each and every game we tweet out, we post clips to YouTube, and post uh, each of our shows to YouTube and clips on Twitter as well. So don't miss out on that. Our third item of the Big Three, brought to you by Information On Demand. Arizona Cardinals take on the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night. Going to be a great game, 8-15 kickoff. Rams a four-point favorite. I don't know how. I don't think Matt Stafford can handle this. Is this his first ever playoff game? No. He's been in a wild card. Okay. But they lost. There we go. I think the uh, the track record continues. I don't think that Matthew Stafford wins this football game against the Arizona Rams or Arizona Cardinals. But uh, I don't know. OBJ is playing very well. I also saw a stat that Matthew Stafford has six picks or something like that in his last four games. Yeah. Three or four games. He's averaging two a game over the last three games, mm-hmm. which is unreal. Um, where's Von Miller? That's the question. Nowhere. Von Miller got the paycheck and just – yeah. Took a sideline break. I am impressed with OBJ. I think OBJ proved me wrong. He's very good. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say he's Mike Evans good, but he's definitely a game changer. And uh, he's going to have to show up big in this game. He's going to have fun this week. Arizona has a solid defense. Hopefully Kyler Murray has a big game. I know that he needs to win this game for his Arizona Cardinals. Coming off of a loss last week against the Seattle Seahawks at home this week. Arizona tries to bounce back on the road against the Rams. I think it really is a coin flip. Uh, Rams a four-point favorite again. Spence, who do you got? I've got the Rams in this game by a good amount. I think their defense is just going to be too hot to handle for the Cardinals. Uh, I don't know if D-Hop's going to play. We still don't know if J.J. Watt's going to play. He did come back from IR, but he still hasn't practiced yet. So I've got the Rams in this game. They're the home team. I'm just going to stick with home teams throughout this whole uh, first round in the playoffs in the wild card. So I got the Rams by a good amount over the Cardinals, probably 10-plus. I'll say Cardinals squeak one out. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go high-scoring as in probably 35-31, my prediction. Arizona prevails in this football game. Over the Rams on the road would be cool. Uh, I don't know. I would like to see Kyler Murray do something, and you've called him a toddler a couple of times here Mm -hmm. on the podcast, and I want him to prove you wrong. And also make you regret not buying that rookie card a few weeks ago. I don't think I'm going to be proven wrong. I mean, whenever he does run the football, if he gets hit, he looks like a toddler that just stole something like a cookie off a table. I just don't think that he's going to be able to compete against Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and the rest of the Rams defense. And they just signed uh, Eric Weddle, former safety uh, for the Chargers. Yeah, so yeah. No. Yeah. Guy hasn't played in a year. It doesn't matter. He's not going to do anything. He's one of the smartest players of all time. I think he'll be fine back there at safety. I don't know. He took a whole year off. Don't matter. I don't think he's going to be a game changer in this game. Maybe two weeks if they somehow beat Arizona, which they not will not. Some. They're going to beat Arizona. There's no shot. The Cardinals are just not... There's no way the Cardinals win this game. I think you're going to think otherwise. D-Hop's not even going to play. They don't need D-Hop. They got A.J. Green, who doesn't even look for the football in the red zone. Yeah, but they got Kyler, who's running like he just stole cookies out of the cookie jar. Yeah, but he just lost to the Seattle Seahawks and the Indianapolis Colts back-to-back week. Back-to-back weeks to just make them the fourth seed in the NFC. I mean, they fell apart down the stretch. I don't think they're going to be any better in the playoffs. James Conner might have a good game. He can can score touchdowns. That's about it. He can score inside the 10 for sure. But how will uh, how will the Cardinals stack up against Aaron Donald? Aaron Darnold because that guy is still an absolute tank. I saw some numbers. He's still, I mean, his EPA percentage is still number one in the league. The guy just takes yeah. on double t- whatever it takes to get past that offensive line. The guy does. I don't know how he does it, but Aaron Donald. Did yeah. I say Darnold? You said Aaron Donald. God. Okay. 
Anyway, so the big three brought to you by Information On Demand, informationondemand.net. Check them out for pre-employment background screening services. Transitioning to Shankaruski of the week, Shankaruski segment brought to you by thedrippinice.com. They're working. They're working on some new uh, merchandise, so we'll keep you guys posted when they do release that. But I walked into the uh, Mountainside Parcel and Post Studio today and knew I forgot something, and the confidence level was a little bit in the dumps. Thought about it, looked down, and I'm not wearing my dripping ice. Yeah, fortunately I am. Not wearing the dripping ice uh, hoodie today. So, And you're not either. Nope. So I could tell that we're both a little bit off today and really regret that, but the Shankaruski segment brought to you by The Drippin' Ice. Check them out on Instagram, The Drippin' Ice. Forget the G. They don't even need it. They're so cool. Nope. Uh, but anyways... Again, another great week across the National Football League. Six missed kicks. Four of those were field goals. Two of those were extra points. The numbers continue to get better. Yeah. Kickers, again, as I said, week 18, they've started to figure out this what their job... This is my theory, week four. Go out... Yeah, you did I say that. I just thought they would get better. And I don't know if it has to do with the cold. I don't know. Yeah. I really do not understand. Uh, but they obviously have, have checked in in practice. They've watched some more film on how to kick the ball correctly, how to watch out for not hitting the laces how to stare at the same spot you know, on the field goal post and mm-hmm. say, hey, every kick, no matter what stadium I'm in, no matter what the weather is, no matter what the situation is, look at this spot because even if the stadium's different, the field goal posts are always the same. They're yellow. They're split apart the exact same way. Look at the same spot on each and every field goal post, and uh, you should be able to knock the kicks. And I guess that's what NFL kickers have started to figure yeah. out, uh, and they're starting to make their kicks. But one guy that stood out to me, who's only missed two kicks this year, but they've been crucial kicks, Dustin Hopkins for the Chargers. Well, the reason he's only missed two kicks is because the Chargers are like not to take field goals, and it really ended up screwing them over like we all thought it would at the end of their season. So, Dustin Hopkins is our Shankaruski Kicker of the Week, Shankaruski Award winner of the week right here on TCM Pod. I've got one as well. Ryan Suckup? Nope. Comes from a Las Vegas prison league. Uh, Henry Ruggs is playing in. His kicker on his squad missed a game-winning field goal, and uh, he eventually got shanked at the end of that game. So oh God. that is my Shankaruski. Yeah, that was good. Okay, we'll give you that. Again, Shankaruski segment brought to you Head by... coach of that team is actually John Gruden. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as he was waiting... It's a pretty good squad. Some more uh, news to develop regarding wait, his situation, well, his lawsuit. Of they the are awaiting Watson. He's He'll be there eventually. The Shankaruski segment brought to you by Drippin' Ice. Check them out, thedrippinice.com. Forget the G as they bring you guys our Shankaruski segment of the week. Uh, pretty awesome stuff there. I know that we've got a lot going on in terms of the NFL. Black Monday happened on Monday, of course, of this week. Uh, coaches all over the NFL were canned. And uh, I, I kind of got a cool segment here, NFL coaching Carousel. sweepstakes. Hmm. That was better. I like Carousel. See, I sent you some pre-recording text, and I wish you would have corrected me. There. I don't read text messages. I don't answer phone calls. I'm off the grid, 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 grid. Sound like Kanye West there. But mm-hmm. a lot of things going on across the National Football League, and I think that everybody can agree on one of those coach firings. Brian Flores getting fired from the Miami Dolphins. Nine-win season gets canned. Uh Let's go ahead and recap everything that's gone on this week regarding coaches. Joe Judge let go from the New York Giants, rightfully so. Thumbs up. The guy's terrible. He spent seven minutes talking about how his guys wanted to come back to play for the New York Giants and join him with his organization. You don't, We talked about this last week. You don't say that. Yeah. If anybody wants to come back, you don't have to say, hey, this and that. It's like saying, hey, I'm the best to ever do something. If you're the best... Everybody knows it. You don't have to go out and say, I'm the best. Uh, Jacksonville fired Urban Meyer a few weeks ago, of course. They're still looking for their official head coach, hiring a lot of options. And I think I have an ideal pick for them. I will say, top of my head, it's going to be Byron Leftwich of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator. I think that happens. Denver fired Vic Vangio. And Fangio? They fired him. Good reason, too. The dude has a terrible track record the last three years with the Denver Broncos. Of course, they've had some inconsistent quarterback play between Barry. Teddy Two Gloves and, uh, oh no, I'm going to blank. Drew Locke. Drew Locke, who is obviously not locked in as the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. He's out, as uh, Pat McAfee would probably say. 
But uh, again, but they still have a solid defense. They have some weapons around the quarterback. They're missing a quarterback. They would be a, a decent playoff. They would be in the playoffs. They would, 100%. yeah, 100%. Their defense is top two. And they have some weapons on offense. They have some serious receivers. They've got a good running back there in Denver. So they're missing a quarterback and maybe one or two pieces in their playoff team. Yeah, Russell Wilson. Depending on if they get a good coach, Russell Wilson may go there. So Joe Judge of the New York Giants got canned. Jacksonville's Urban Meyer was canned a few weeks ago. Uh, Denver fired their head coach. Chicago got rid of Matt Nagy. The guy's terrible. I think that he had a job for a year too long. Yeah. Absolutely terrible coach. Uh, drafted his quarterback and kind of threw him in the fire a little bit too early. Then they bring in Andy Dalton, or Andy Dalton was there. Take him out, throw Fields in, then pull Fields, put Andy back in, even though uh, Fields was a little bit beat up. Still, they throw Fields into the mix, and Fields can't handle it. They threw him in a little bit too early. Matt Nagy out as head coach of the Chicago Bears. Mike Zimmer fired from Minnesota. He was one of those guys where I felt like he was never a terrible coach for the Vikings, but he just couldn't get over that hump. It was kind he's of he's a defensive coordinator. That's it. A, probably a great. Be, he's a very great. Yeah. He'll be a defensive coordinator somewhere this year. Yeah, no doubt, and maybe the Bucks because we are going to lose Todd Bowles unless they promote Larry Foote, former linebacker, who's uh, on the squad as an assistant coach, and that's who they're saying is probably going to get that job, uh, according to my sources. But uh, either way, Matt Nagy's out. Mike Zimmer out. Again, he was a nine-win guy for most of his tenure with the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Now, what will they do with quarterback Kirk Cousins? I think he still has a few years left on his contract. He's still getting paid like a top five, top ten guy. Uh, not terrible, not great. He can't win primetime games. And then, of course, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins got canned earlier this week. That was a big shocker. Everybody across the National Football League looked at this and thought, why did he get fired? He's 3-0 against Bill Belichick over his last three matchups with the New England Patriots. And they won eight of their last nine games. Unreal, yeah. And they have a guy that they don't even believe in at quarterback, mm-hmm. Tua Tanglavoa. And so we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that here in a moment. But the final, co- final two coaches, John Gruden was let go earlier in the year for good reason of the Las, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And then Texans fired their one-and-done head coach, David Coley. So we've got, what, seven guys that get fired this year, and these teams are looking for head coaches. New York Giants... Jacksonville Jaguars, Denver Broncos, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, Miami Dolphins, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and Houston Texans. No, Raiders, Raiders may keep their special teams coordinator. I would keep them. I would too, but nothing set in stone. Uh, that's still, I mean, that is still an opening technically. I think he's set. Still technically if they, an if they win a playoff game on Saturday, he's, he's there. Technically still an opening, but you're no, right. It's I not. Think, they got a head coach right now. He's the rest an of them do head not. Coach. Yeah, but the rest of them do not have a head coach at all because they're not in the playoffs. So are we ruling out the Raiders out of this question? I'm about I think to we pop? should. Okay, we'll rule out the Raiders. So because they would probably be the best place to go. So if they do fire their coach, I don't know. They will. Derek Carr might be out. So here we go. Uh, we're gonna have you lead this uh, okay. segment. It's the NFL coaching sweepstakes carousel, whatever you want to call it. I think either carousel. or. NFL coaching. NFL, NFL coaching, coaching carousel. carousel. There we go. As we have six openings NCC. across the NFL. Uh, so let's rank this, Spence. I'm going to let you go first. New York Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars, Denver Broncos, Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, and then uh, Houston Texans. Rank those okay. from worst. Is that seven? That's six. Okay, six. From worst. Oh, we got rid of the Raiders. Yep. From worst spot. To where you'd like to be, you know, you're taking the yeah, worst. Yeah, okay, okay. So the worst New York Giants. I mean, and why? Daniel Jones is your quarterback for at least another year. He's absolutely awful. Yeah, your backup quarterback's Mike Glennon, who's only known for having a long neck. Your defense is not good. Saquon Barkley is basically done. I mean, the dude's cooked. So the Giants are the worst. Uh, second would probably be the Texans, even though they do have Davis Mills. They're probably still going to draft a quarterback next year or bring one in in free agency because Deshaun Watson is out. He might go to the Dolphins now uh, if the new head coach doesn't like Tua. But number five would be the Texans. Uh, four, run me through the names one more time. Giants, Jacksonville, Denver, Chicago. Four Minnesota. would be Jacksonville. Uh, I think that they're going to have to go with a safe hire in Jacksonville. I think they're going to have to go with someone that is established as a head coach before. Like At Harbaugh. first, I thought it would be Byron Leftwich, but 
after more thought put into it, I think it would be I think Todd Bowles would be better fit for them. He has been a head coach before. They they can't go with a with a coach who really hasn't been a head coach in the league before with the franchise that they have. Four uh give me the ones I haven't named again. I think you've got Giants, you've yep. named Houston, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Who are the four I haven't named? Oh, my bad. So you've got Denver, you've got Chicago, you've got Minnesota, and you've got Yeah, that's it. Okay, so Chicago is the worst out of those options. Uh, I mean, you have Justin Fields at quarterback. He basically made no progression over the season because his head coach is an absolute bum. Their offense was just so horribly assembled together. Uh, You had a carousel between him and Andy Dalton throughout the whole year, so that's a bad one. Then you have the Dolphins at number two. I think the Dolphins are a good choice to go to, but Tua I do not believe in as a great quarterback in the league. Uh, at the moment and then number one my number one team is the Minnesota Vikings you have Justin Jefferson Harrison Smith you have Eric Kendricks at linebacker Danielle Hunter at defensive end Everson Griffin at defensive end if he comes back uh, you have Pat Pete as well I mean their secondary is much better so I'm gonna go with the Vikings at number one just because I think their defense is set in stone at the moment they've got a lot of smart older players on their defense your offense is led by Kirk Cousins he's an established quarterback in the league he's top 15 you can win games with him then you have a top 10 receiver in Justin Jefferson uh, and then Adam Thielen will be back Dalvin in full Cook. form next year yeah you have Dalvin Cook at running back that team is the best choice to go to over the season did I miss any teams no okay. yeah you got them because we ruled out the Raiders you said that they're going to bring yeah, back... Yeah, so six was the... Dolphins? No, worst. Who was the worst? Oh, you said worst was Giants. So Giants at six, Texans at five, yep. Jaguars at four, uh, Bears at three, and then you have the Dolphins at two and Vikings at one. Vikings are the best choice in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. There we go. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go, obviously, Minnesota, the best option as well. I think that, as you said, they're pretty much established... They're a play. I mean, they're they're one game of win, uh, one victory away from being a playoff team. You get in a new head coach that can work with a guy, and it has to be an experienced coach to go there. You're not going to bring in a, a first year coach to hop in and take over the Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion. Um, well, they've they've been a defensive minded team for like the past seven years under Zimmer, so I think they might go with an offensive coordinator guy, Byron and Lefkowitz. you could see Byron Leftwich going to the Vikings. Yeah, and I'm also hearing that Kellen Moore of the Dallas Cowboys. I hate, that is so stupid. Yeah, he's had one decent season. Yeah, with a loaded offense. Yep, arguably on paper top three offense in the NFL yeah. for sure. On paper, when you look at names and yeah, potential, just offense. Yes, hundred percent. So I'll go Minnesota, the number one destination. If I was to take a vacation and eventually become the head coach, Minnesota would be my number one option. Uh, I, we might end up having a very similar yeah, list. Yeah, probably here. the exact same. Probably so. I, I get Minnesota number right. two, or sorry, Miami number two. Miami, yeah. Because I find it crazy that you went 9-7 and seven with a guy that you didn't even believe in. If you guys yep. did not know, Brian Flores fired, of course. That's why we're talking about it here. But Brian Flores said earlier this season to Tua, he said, I wish we would have drafted Mac Jones. I don't not want to be here. Exactly. Perfect. Um, who was it that said that a few months ago? Tua. That's right, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, so if you guys were watching a game, I would say eight weeks ago, uh, Tua was supposedly healthy. He was healthy. He had been healthy for a while. They thought that Tua was going to start the ball game. Jacoby Brissett starts the ball game. I yep. can't remember what game for the Dolphins. Plays well. He goes down. He gets hurt. Yeah. Tua, who was supposedly healthy, and they said it was 100%, gets thrown into the game, does pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, all of a sudden, Brissett, who you thought had a serious injury, hops back in and takes over, and Tua was just pulled just like that. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't think much of it, but I was kind of like, man, poor Tua. I yeah. mean, you see that the guy that replaced you go into the football game, get hurt, Tua goes in, he gets taken right back out after one drive, yeah. And then Brissett gets to play the rest of the game, and he's he's hobbled. He can't even run. And a play. I really don't blame Flores. I just don't think two is a, a viable option at quarterback if you want to win games in this league. I mean, the defense is great for Miami. They have a decent receiving core. Uh, their running game kicked it up uh, later on in the season. But two at quarterback, a lefty, uh, can't really scramble as well as you think he might be able to, like he could in college. I just don't think he's a great quarterback, so they're definitely going to bring in someone. Maybe Deshaun Watson. Uh, he was he was supposed to come in this offseason, but the Texans 
vetoed the trade and then the league got involved with all of his scandals and lawsuits coming at him. So if he can get cleared to play next season, I think he would be the option for the Dolphins. So for me, uh, coaching carousel, I would go to Minnesota, Miami. Number three for me, uh, I'm going to swap it up. You at Chicago, yeah. I'm actually going to go Jacksonville because expectation there is a lot lower. If you come in and win five games, you're okay. If you go to Chicago and you win five games, you're already on the hot seat. Easy. Uh, and that's my personal opinion. But Jacksonville, you do have Trevor Lawrence. A lot of talk across the NFL and from uh, scouts, coaches, everybody that's a little bit worried with Trevor's ability to read a defense at the NFL level listening to national radio earlier this week and that's kind of the knock on trevor lawrence well, that's a right big now. problem with every rookie quarterback coming in the league because college offense is just so much more simplified than than nfl offense and then the defense a lot of the teams don't even teach their quarterback how to make a second read it's basically just a one read system so so i'm going to go jacksonville over chicago if i were a head coach and could go anywhere i'm going to go to chicago Next at uh, number four, Chicago at four, and again, Tua or Justin Fields, I think has a, a pretty good future ahead of him. Yeah, if they can get a, an established rushing attack there, obviously consistency with head coaching and just believing in his team because Matt Nagy absolutely did not believe in his guys. And uh, there were some interviews with Justin Fields and other defensive players on the Chicago Bears post game, and they were kind of like, "Hey, we." We kind of did what we thought was right, and then you look at what the coach called, and it was kind of a little bit yeah. flip-flop several yeah. times this year in which you're like, hey, they kind of went against the coach, and it worked it out. Worked. So I don't blame them there. Matt Nagy out. Uh, again, Houston, a better option than New York because yeah. the Giants are yeah. just at the bottom. You've got Saquon who can't stay healthy, who uh, his shelf life is – Nearly over in my. You also opinion. have a bottom five offensive line, so I mean, bottom five. They're not. They don't really have any key pieces. And then Kenny Galladay got signed to a nineteen million dollar deal over the offseason, had zero touchdowns on the season. So yeah, absolutely they, terrible. They are not looking good. And uh, the media there in New York is yeah. And then the Texans have so much cap space to play with over the next couple of years because they have literally no one. So yeah. I would. I don't think the Texans is a bad option. Yeah, for Texans being a number five yeah. on my desired list, that's a very solid number five. And yeah. mo more than likely any other year, that's a top three option. Yeah. But you've got some good options with Minnesota, of course. Miami, you've got a good options with Chicago, potentially Jacksonville. Um, New York Giants just absolutely bottom of the barrel. I would not go to the Giants if I'm a head coach. Mm -mm. I don't know of any coach that would fit in there with the New York Giants. I mean, of course there is one, but I don't know. Brian one. Flores. I could definitely see him go to the Giants. Why is that? He's established. I, they, they can't go with someone who's new. If they sign Kellen Moore, the league's a joke. You can't... You gotta. If you're a team like the Giants or the Jaguars, you've got to go with someone that's been there, done that. I mean, you can't go with an offensive coordinator that's never been a head coach. The only option that I could see is Byron Leftwich, but that's not a good option for them. I think he's going to go to a team that's more offensive-minded. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, and again... Obviously, you look at Flores, he didn't even believe in Tua and he was able to win yeah. nine games. So Inconsistent quarterback play in Miami for years, and he had a 10-win year last year. Yeah. Their defense has it's been crazy. so good under him. So whoever... I think, actually, if I'm going to go back, I'm going to say Flores goes to the Vikings. He's a defensive-minded coach. The Vikings have a good defense, a good offense if he believes in Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a run-of-the-mill, decent quarterback who can win you some games, so... They'll yeah. get you in the playoffs if you if you have good coaching. Without question. And uh, it'll be interesting to see all these signings and who yeah, fills the vacancies. Uh, and there might be, again, uh, offense or defensive coordinator that gets a job that didn't deserve the job and is really setting themselves up to fail. Yeah. One guy that I think is kind of a – I'm forgetting the word here – a dark horse for a head coaching candidate, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is Yeah, he had a good season with the Cowboys. I could see him – I think he has to have one more good season to be and that's up fair. there because, I mean, Eric Bieniemy for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, the offensive coordinator, has been like a top coaching option for these teams that need a new head coach for the past three years, and he still hasn't been signed. So, and the Chiefs have a top offense every single year in the league. So, I think Dan Quinn's a lot like him. But Dan Quinn has been a head coach before, went to the Super Bowl, then the GM and him were in cahoots and just drafted terribly. And the Falcons ended the season with 18 sacks under Dan Quinn's former players. So I don't know if I want Dan Quinn leading my team yet. 
Yeah, and I would agree with you. I just think that he's a dark horse yeah. that could possibly get another job, a head coaching gig in the a National light Football horse. League. What is it? A light horse. You sure? For him. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, okay. All right, that's good. Uh, again, that's our NFL coaching carousel. Car- yep. Swing CC, I got to throw it in there. I like it. Uh, moving on now, and again, stay tuned. We've saved our hot takes for last because it's playoff time, baby. It's playoff it season. It is cold in here, and I'm anybody it's ready can to win, set a fire, but not yet. We're, st- we're oh, starting to heat up a little bit. We're first going to talk about the playoff panel uh, lightning round. Yeah, playoff panel lightning round, starting off with the Raiders at Cincinnati. Yeah, you know for the playoffs, let's call it a playoff deep dive. Deep PDD. You know what? Maybe we just need to... Because this has got to be recapped perfectly. Okay. Since we're talking about these games, and that's kind of what our hot take is around. Yeah, talk about your hot take in the game we're talking about. So Perfect. let's go. Let let's me start off. The we're Bucks. going in order. Let's talk, yeah, in order of the games being played. Right. So Saturday, so Sunday. First got it. game played on Saturday, Las Vegas Rams at... Gosh, Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Bengals red hot offense. They've got three star-studded receivers, a hell of a quarterback, and Joey Burrow. Great run, or I wouldn't say great running back, but a very good running back. He's in good. Joe Mixon. He's good and consistently great. Good running back. Um, pretty decent defense there in Cincinnati. Nothing that's gonna, you know, make you fall over or anything like that. But their offense can carry them to forty points in a game. Joe Burrow can do his thing. Jamar Chase, we've seen it, can put up one hundred eighty-nine to two hundred twenty-five yards. In a game, he's done it twice this year. Dude's unreal. He's also been Rookie of the Week six times this year in the National Football League. Yeah. Jamar Chase is insane. Bengals are a six-point favorite, so the spread is climbed. That's wild. Spread is climbed over the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's where I come in with my hot take. Boom, Raiders win this football game. Give me 10. 10 10-point win for the Las Vegas Raiders. And you guys might think, okay, you look at the records. What, I guess the Raiders are one game. uh, They're tied up 10-7. and But the Raiders have been more inconsistent than the Bengals. When you think about these two teams, the Bengals have a red-hot offense. Everybody loves offense. Unless you're an old-school guy, then you love and appreciate defense. But this is Derek Carr's shot in the uh, National Football League's playoffs. This is Derek Carr's shot to shine. He posted a picture the other day of him following a bad injury, I guess, a couple of years ago. Now he's getting ready for the playoffs. He was running through the tunnel. This guy is locked in, and this may be Derek Carr's only playoff game of his career. The guy's been in the league eight years. Mm -hmm. I don't think it is, but it could be. And I think that Derek Carr... Shocks the world. Obviously, Joe Burrow has never been to the playoffs. And I think that Derek Carr wins this game on the road in Cincinnati. 4.30 kickoff this Saturday. Again, 10-point victory. I'm going to say maybe a little bit more than 10 points, actually. I'll say 35-24. 35-24. Raiders prevail. And also, get this, you have to rely on uh, kickers in the playoffs. Kickers have not been too consistent when you talk about the Bengals, but when you talk about the Las Vegas Raiders, Daniel mm-hmm. Carlson, unreal. The guy is money. Daniel Carlson is going to be perfect this week. I'm not going to say an end game because he will shank one, but end game, Daniel Carlson will go off to the Raiders this week. Again, Raiders win by 10 on the road, a six-point underdog to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my hot take. Write it down. Bet the house on it. Whatever you guys want to do. And uh, tweet me following the game at the Chris Mathis or even better at TCM Pod. Follow us on YouTube at TCM Pod or Instagram or Twitter. Well, Rich Basaccia is the Raiders head coach and he was the special teams coordinator before John Gruden got fired. So that is why they are the best special teams group in the entire league. And then you have Daniel Carlson hitting the game-winning field goal to put them into the playoffs over the Chargers on Sunday night. So I've got the Raiders in this game as well. I think Max Crosby is going to be too much to handle for the Bengals offensive line that still hasn't gotten any better. Joe Burrow is just getting the ball out faster to Jamar Chase and the rest of his hot rod offense. But... I've got the Raiders in this game. I just feel like this is going to be a defensive type of game for both teams, and I think the Raiders' defense is going to outperform the Bengals' uh, defense. And I've got the Raiders by seven. I think the spread is in the opposite direction of what it should be. It should be Raiders' six. They should have the six-point uh, spread in their favor. Or even that, it should be maybe half because yeah. the Bengals are the home team. Maybe give them a three-point advantage. Something yeah, lesser even than Joe six. Burrow doesn't like playing in Cincinnati. We've heard that. So no one wants to be in Cincinnati. Yeah, nobody wants to be there. Not even Jamar Chase, not even Joey Burrow. Uh, that's how our first game, and that was my hot take, that the Raiders went on the road against the Bengals. Spencer's hot take, 
has still yet to be mentioned. So that means it's coming up. Is it this game? No. New England Patriots. Okay. New England Patriots play against the Bills. We already picked that one. Yeah, we I got the got Bills Buffalo. winning this game. That's an 8-15 kickoff this Saturday in the playoffs. It's postseason, baby. Anybody can win. Gonna be a lot of fun. That's the third time we've seen these two teams match up, go head to head this year. Mac Jones against Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Sunday, again, going in chronological order in terms of kickoff time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Philadelphia Eagles. Bucks an eight-point favorite in this game. This game is going to be scary to me. I, it is going to rain in Raymond James, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa this Sunday. We'll see how that affects the game. It might affect a rushing attack. If so, yeah. Jalen Hurts is now a one-dimensional quarterback, and by that, he's a subpar one-dimensional quarterback with his arm strength. But anyways, Buccaneers eight-point favorite at home. Bucks. Coming off a pretty good win last week. Would like to see them pick up another victory here. Uh, no shame here with Pat Johnson, who will be on our show. He'll be on the podcast. Eagles rookie. Take a look out for Pat Johnson of the Eagles. He will be on the podcast here after the season. Wish him the best. Wouldn't mind if he had a, a decent play. Wouldn't wouldn't be upset. Yeah. But the Buccaneers will prevail. Eight points, I don't know. I think that maybe eight points because they want to prove that they're legitimate. But in terms of if the Eagles are able to play up there uh, to their potential on the road, I think it's a little bit closer than eight. Give me the Bucks by five points. Nick Crouch said he'd bet the house the Bucks win by 14-plus. He's betting the house. Nick Crouch I like that. on the Buccaneers against the Eagles. Spence, who do you got and why? Well, I've got the Buccaneers in this game. I mean, the Eagles are the top rushing attack in the NFL over the last eight weeks, but the Buccaneers' defense has been top two in rushing defense over the last three seasons under Todd Bowles. It is, it is it going is to be going raining. Down. I don't care. Vita Vea is the defensive tackle. Nadalmik and Sue is going to be playing. Jason Pierre-Paul is going to be back. Uh, Levante David's going to be back. Shaq Barrett's going to be back. We're getting healthy at the right time of the season this year just like we did last season and I believe that the Eagles defense isn't going to be able to keep up with the Buccaneers offense I don't care if it's raining if we can get any type of ground game going with Leonard Fournette returning this week and Keyshawn Vaughn really picking up play over the last couple weeks Giovanni Bernard coming back Le'Veon Bell is another running back we have four decent running backs in the backfield with uh, Leonard Fournette leading them and then you have Tom Brady to go at quarterback so I really just don't think the Eagles' defense is going to be able to keep up with the Buccaneers' pace of offense, and the Bucs are going to win this game. I'm going to go with Nick Crouch on this one. The Bucs are going to win this game by 14-plus. Moving on with our lightning round playoff panel pick here on the Chris Mathis Podcast at TCM Pod on all social medias. San Francisco 49ers at Dallas. I have 49ers in this game, even though they are a three-point underdog in Dallas at 4.30 on Sunday. I've got the... Dallas Cowboys in this game. They're the home team. I've gone home team every single game so far. Uh, I just don't think, I don't really believe in Jimmy G. I think Dak Prescott's a better quarterback. I think the Cowboys defense plays pretty good. Micah Parsons returning from COVID-19, the Omicron variant. So I've got the Cowboys in this game. I think Micah Parsons is going to set the uh, defensive ends uh, in this game and just pressure Jimmy G the entire game. And there goes the podcast sign. Be careful, everyone. It may fall on you. But I've got the Cowboys in this game. It's weird that that just fell off. It might be heating up because the sticker just fell off. Well, the, the ghost door. is uh, the ghost is getting ready to start a fire, so we need to be quick. Okay, all right, that makes sense then. So then, moving on now to Sunday night football, we get to see Big Ben play one last game. Pittsburgh Steelers in Kansas City as they take on the Chiefs. Chiefs a thirteen point favorite. Patrick Mahomes is excited. Big Ben has admitted that uh, more than likely. They don't have any shot in the dogfight here against the Chiefs, and Spencer looks off into the distance. Yeah. What do you see? I'm just thinking to myself, I'm going to say it, fuck you, Brandon Staley. We This should be the Chargers playing this game. I want to see Justin Herbert. I don't want to see Big Ben Roethlisberger. But then again, after thinking about it, after looking off into the distance, I see locker number seven, and that reminds me of Big Ben and his prime avoiding the defensive lineman. And I've got Big Ben in this game over the Chiefs. I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to kill this game. And the reason I'm going with the Steelers over the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football is because Juju Smith is returning this week from IR after being out the entire season. And apparently Jackson Mahomes is going to be there because it is a Chiefs home game. And the two are going to come into cahoots and film a TikTok before the game. Uh, Chase Claypool is also going to be there. And I think that's just going to throw off Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be pissed. He's going to say, why is my brother filming TikToks with the opposing team right now. 
and that's just going to fire. That's going to set a fire under Patrick Mahomes, make him throw a lot of interceptions to a great Steelers defense that has absolutely carried them the whole season. I think Big Ben Roethlisberger has his biggest game of the season. I think Roethlisberger is going to show us why he is a 39-year-old quarterback still in the NFL, and the Steelers are going to win this game by three. It's going to be insane, everybody. Strap your boots up. Randy Arozarena has already got his on for the playoffs. So Steelers in this game by three. That's a hot take. That probably is the hottest hot take right here on the Chris Mathis Podcast that we've had all season long. Steelers, again, a 13-point underdog on the road in Kansas City. 13 points. Now, after you say that, I think that you're more than likely absolutely wrong, but the whole Jackson Mahomes thing, meeting up with Juju before the game, this is a lot, yeah. Yep. And we've seen it. Pat Mahomes doesn't deal with adversity too well. And in you've my seen opinion. my correlations come up big time over the past couple of weeks. I mean, look at Justin Herbert ate too much turkey. They he lose. Screwed up, yeah. I, I predicted that. You look at last week with the Jaguars fans dressing up as clowns coming into their own stadium. I said that they would beat the Colts and knock them out of the playoffs. They did that. The Raiders and Chargers should have tied. They didn't do that. But I was so close that Brandon Staley is our Stooge of the Week. I hate you, Brandon Staley. I think you are the dumbest analytical-minded coach I've ever seen in my life. And if I was the Chargers general manager, I would fire you. I don't care. It's hot in here, man. And I, there was some correlation there with the logo falling off of our mm-hmm. sticker uh, 3M patch up there on that door. So definitely makes a lot of sense. I guess you're radiating right now. That may might be also yeah. why you have on the sunglasses too. The hoodie protect uh, protect me from the UV radiation. Or it could the be rays. the KGB. I did I did say some thi- I did say that I didn't really agree Don't with what Putin it, was doing leave, in Russia yeah. at the moment. Just leave it. And that could be what it is. So the, if the KGB comes knocking, I'll be running. Yeah, I would be too. Well, actually, I'd probably point them in the right direction. No, <laughs> but anyways, no, yeah, for you. It's hot, for man. Sake. It's a hot take right here on the podcast. You can only get it here. And you guys think Spencer's crazy. That's cool. They call him Savage Spence for a reason. Dad Bod Dad Spence. Bod Spence for a reason. Uh, but he's been right on these crazy hot takes more times than not. Again, he picked Jacksonville to prevail last week over the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. And they did that, and they did it convincingly. The Colts looked awful. They no longer believe in Carson Wentz as the quarter. I mean, they're all in shambles out there in Indianapolis. Uh, the home team, and not even the home team, but the favorite to win the national championship, Indianapolis lost last week on Monday. Things are going south in Indianapolis, yeah. and, and another thing it's all tacking that goes on. along with this game is Patrick Mahomes' love of catch-up. And where do the Pittsburgh Steelers play? Heinz oh, Field, man. the creator of the catch-up. So I think that's also going to play into Patrick Mahomes having one of his worst performances of the season, which is saying a lot because he started off the season so terribly. I think I think the Steelers are going to take advantage with Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's had the whole week to watch as much film on whatever X-rated website, website he's been on this weekend. So I've got the Steelers in this game by three. I know a big-time Steelers fan, Kenny, is placing some money on this game too. Uh, but moving on now, that's a very hot take. That's a very hot, hot take. Yep. I like the whole idea if, if everything leaks out and Jackson Mahomes did meet up with Juju Smith-Schuster before the game. Oh, they will. The, the Steelers will win this and game. And Chase Claypool. But traditionally speaking, I've got the Chiefs winning this game by 21. Moving on now to Monday Come Night on. Football. The Cardinals play against the Rams. We spoke on that earlier. I have the Cardinals, and you've got the Rams in this I've game. I've got the Rams in this game, man. Matt Stafford... Playing his first playoff game since like 2015 where they lost to the Packers in the wild card game. I think Stafford's going to get his first win. I mean, hopefully down the stretch he'll play a lot better than he did at the very end of the season where he absolutely sucked. OBJ has been dominating as of recent. He scored a touchdown in almost every single game that I've watched the Rams over the past five weeks. So I've got the Rams in this game. I think their defense is too much to handle for the toddler uh, running away in Kyler Murray. So... I think Aaron Donald is going to have a field day. I think Ramsey's going to get a pick, and I think the Rams are going to win this game by 14. Okay, there you go. That's our NFL playoff panel lightning round right here on TCM Pod. And uh, I'm sure you guys think that the hot take was worth the wait. Also, just got a cool message from a guy that I met at a local coffee shop. Plugged the podcast, gave him a sticker, and he said that he was going to start this whole sticker fabrication on the back of his car. Nice. And uh, he said he would do that. Sometime soon. I didn't know he'd do it today. He literally put first sticker, first oh. sticker. Shout out to our guy Joshua for putting the sticker oh, on the I back. You're talking of his, about James Charles. 
Yeah, right. Damn. Putting a sticker on the back of his car. So if you guys see a white Honda with a TCM pod on the back, uh, give him a honk. Super cool guy. Uh, and if it happens to be somebody else driving a white Honda, but they've got the TCM pod sticker, honk again because they're yep. awesome. They're great people. And we appreciate all of you guys joining us here on the Chris Mathis Podcast. Again, great week for some playoff football. Follow us on Twitter, TCM Pod, Instagram, TCM Pod, and YouTube as well. We've got all of our videos up, all of our shows up. If you guys missed out on the Talk to Him Tuesday edition of the Chris Mathis Podcast with a very talented Corey Crouch, oh, yeah. digital creator, you need to check that out on Spotify, uh, the Chris Mathis Podcast. Give us five stars. Hit the three dots. Besides, I did. Uh, did you? I rated Dang, it five man. stars. Okay, so you were the 50th person to do that. So everybody wow. keep liking it. Keep giving us those five stars. There's no other option. It's only five stars, baby. All day. Follow us. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And uh, big time shout out. We hit 1,000 listeners with this podcast. So pretty awesome stuff here. You guys are doing the great job. And great things are happening with the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You got to keep planting the seed. Eventually your team's going to grow. And you're going to make the playoffs like Nick Sirianni did for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, we played great over the whole season. And we're in the playoffs versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we planted the seed. You guys are planting the seed, listening to our podcast every week. And that's what we're doing here. Boom. That's it. And also, another thing, rebrand for Savage Spence. It is now at DadBodSpence on Twitter. Please give us a follow. Of course, me over Chris. I mean, for obvious reasons. So follow DadBodSpence if you want to see some hot takes, like what I've got this weekend over uh, the Steelers-Chiefs game with the Steelers beating the Chiefs. Tune in next week right here to TCM Pod. Tune in, baby.